0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We want to thank you for being a part of our podcast on today. We are continuing our um, teaching on understanding the prophetic dimension, defining the prophetic function. Today we are on Characteristic 2, which is going to, uh, we're going to talk about prophets speak for God. Let us pray. Father God, we glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you for this opportunity to speak life and wisdom and understanding unto your people. We ask that you give us a spirit of revelation, um, oh Father God, that we might impart um, what the Spirit is saying unto the church now when it comes to the prophetic. Um, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we do not own the rights to the music that you're listening to. We want to get right into our lesson on today. We're talking about characteristic um, number two. The first characteristic, number one, we talked about prophets are called by God. Number two, we're talking about um, prophets speak for God. There are several words used in the Bible which, if looked at closely, give great insight into the function and wider operation of the prophetic ministry. We will look particularly... Um, at four of them on today, the first word we want to look at is the Hebrew word for um, seer, which is the word Roe. It's spelled R-O-E-H, and we see this word in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9. I'm sorry, first 1, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9. Samuel indicates that before the term prophet was in Common usage in Israel. Individuals functioning in that ministry were called by the term seer. In other words, such an individ- individual was described by his operation rather than by his office. Prophets are seers, they have divine ability to perceive on several different levels into the unseen realm or events and circumstances, either past, present, or future and reveal or speak the mind of God one of the other Hebrew words is the word naba. in Hebrew it means to prophesy to bubble up to gush forth to pour forth this is the most frequently used word in relation to prophecy in the Old Testament in its different grammical forms, it is used 424 times. The term describes the process that takes place in the prophet when the word of the Lord comes forth. The word bubbles up, gushes forth or pours out of the innermost being of the prophet as he moves in faith and activates the prophetic flow to speak the mind of God in a particular situation. The word also focuses upon the important aspects of man's cooperation or co-laboring with God in the prophetic process. The Lord of Jeremiah, that the Lord told Jeremiah, that his word would be in the prophet's mouth. It takes both the human mouth of man and the pure divine word of the Lord combined combined together to produce prophecy. We also find another word called nataph. It's spelled N-A-T-A-P-H. The word means to prophesy, to drop, to fall as drops of rain. This word is used four times in the Old Testament in Revelation in relation to prophecy and is the word used in Micah chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. It describes another important dimension of the prophetic process that takes place when the prophet begins to prophesy. The word of the Lord drops from heaven as the drops of rain fall to the earth, moistening the ground. There is a purely heavenly dimension to the word of the Lord. The combined understanding of the three words discusses, discusses, clarifies in the dynamic spiritual process that takes place as the true word of the Lord flows out of the mouth of the prophet. The word of the lord is divine and heaven-born as it drops down into the heart and spirit of the faith filled prophet and those that hear the and those that hear the word it also pours forth and gushes out of the spirit of the man of god or the woman of god as he or she opens up to the prophetic flow and activates his speaking forth by faith it produces revelation and perception in the man or woman of god as As he sees or she sees and discerns into the counsels of purposes of the purposes of God in the mind of Christ begins to flow within him or her. The process of speaking for God involves a pure harmonious flow between heaven and earth as the prophet proclaims, thus says the Lord. The other word in the Greek prophet Eo is spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-E-U-O. Is to prophesy as well in the greek this word is used 200 times in the new testament in several different forms the word is divided from two greek roots pro meaning forth or for, and phimene meaning to speak thus the word describes the two streams of prophetic ministry as the prophets speak for god to prophesy means either to speak forth first corinthians 4 1 Or to foretell, we see this in Matthew 15, 7. The same word, profito, is used in both cases. Most prophetic ministry is a speaking forth from the mind of God. But there is also also a predicative aspect of the prophet's ministry where the prophet foretells or reveals the future counsels, plans, and purposes of God in human lives in the churches or the nations. Standards from Moses. Moses declared that the prophet was a spokesman for God and defined the heavy human responsibility that such a calling carried. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18 through 22, Moses says, I will rise up from them and pro- a prophet. The Lord says, I will rise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in, their, in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that i command him and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name i will require it of him but the prophet who who presumes to speak who presumes to speak a word in my name which i have commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of god of our gods that prophet shall die and if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken the presumptu- has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Moses emphasizes several principles here. The first one is the prophet speaks with his own mouth the words of the Lord. We see this in verse 18. When the word of the Lord comes forth, the recipient is required to hearken. That is, hear and obey. If he refused, if he, refused, he opened himself to judgment of the Lord. We see this in verse 19. A prophet speaking presumptuously in the name of the Lord Open himself up to severe judgment of the Lord, we see this in verse 20. All of these principles reveal to us the very serious nature in which God views pro- pro- prophetic ministry and the conduct the conduct and integrity of his commissioned prophets. God's words, character, and integrity are at stake when the prophets prophesy. therefore all human participants, both those. Who deliver the word and those who receive it must be of a pure heart and be willing to obey the requirements of the Lord. But Moses also lays down another extremely important principle of the prophet's ministry that is the dynamic relationship between the word of the Lord and the result that follows. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, it says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen, or come to pass that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken the prophet has spoken it presumptuously you shall not be afraid of him in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 the Lord says I have put my words in your mouth the Hebrew word translated words is Dabar. the words of God the word of the Lord was regarded almost as a living entity having divine power in itself to go forth to accomplish the thing, the thing spoken. Dabar was a peculiar word that could mean not only the word that generated the action, but also the action which was the result of the word. In 1 Kings verse 11 and 41, it says, and all the rest of the acts of Solomon, which he did, the word acts is also translated Dabar. The word Dabar indicated two aspects of one process. On the one hand, it was the spoken word that went forth as a word of God, or as the word of God. And on the other, it was the accomplished deed produced by the word. When God's prophets speak the word of the Lord, the word spoken is not only declaring the mind and purpose of God, but also looks forward and sees the end result already accomplished. Glory to God. Now we want to switch and talk a little bit about the ministry of the church prophet. It is very obvious from a reading of the New Testament that prophetic ministry was known, demonstrated, and received as a firm um, feature of the function of the early church early saints did not hold a skeptical attitude to reject the prophetic but instead were exhorted by paul to desire earnestly to prophesy first corinthians 14 39 in fact paul in writing to the church of Thessalonica, continues um cautions them not to treat prophecy and prophetic ministry with contempt reducing it in importance or setting it aside instead they were to adopt a mature attitude in testing and examining all prophetic ministry and then accept that which was wholesome and good implied in this exhortation by Paul is the suggestion that they should reject all prophetic ministry that was unwholesome, defective, and false. First Thessalonians, first Thessalonians 5 verse 19 and 21 says, do not put out the spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good in 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 the later verses we will look at more scriptures that will give us a closer look at the principles um, by which prophetic ministry may be tested and examined with the exception of, of uh, with the exception of approving that which is good. Paul's word to the church um, at Thessalonica are as all other scripture directly applicable to us today, as God's prophetic move sweeps through the earth revitalizing, re-energizing, and restoring the church to her former condition of strength and glory. We must be careful not to be despisers of the prophetic, not to be those who reject it without first inf- informing ourselves, discerning, testing, and examining, lest we find ourselves to be despising and rejecting God's person, plan and purposes and putting out the spirit's fire. First Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen. Prophets and the Fivefold Ministry. There is more information given in the New Testament about the prophetic ministry and the office of the prophet than other ministry and office of the evangelist. There is more truth shared about the processes and conduct of the prophetic ministry than about pastoral counseling. Yet many believers today totally accept pastoral counseling as a necessary feature of church life and ministry and yet reject the vitality the validity, excuse me, and yet reject the validity of the prophetic ministry. In fact, while in some quarters, the very existence of church prophets is denied, pastoral counseling is actually taught in biblical schools and other places of instruction as part of the preparation of the pastor for his ministry. There are more individuals identified by name in the book of acts and the epistles as prophets of the church than there are than there are who are identified by name as standing in the teacher's office yet the teacher has been accepted in all quarters of the church of jesus christ while the church prophet has been denied and rejected let us emphasize this point and true that in truth that has been discussed before that jesus and the jesus as the head of his own church has set in the body five governmental offices of apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher though they may function differently and have different qualities of anointing and in purpose and aim of each is the same and that is to mature or perfect the saints so that they can be released into the work of the ministry. To edify or build up both in quality and quantity the body of Jesus Christ. To continue in this God ordained, Jesus given ministry until the saints come to the place of unity in the faith and knowledge of the son of god and the church as a whole reaches a predetermined state of maturity called the measure of the state of the fullness of christ ephesians 4 chapter 12 chapter 4 ephesians 4 verses 12 through 13. Paul writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit clearly identifies what is the goal and the aim of Jesus Christ in setting these governmental ministries in the church. Perfecting, maturity, ministry, edifying, and unity are the heart cry of Jesus Christ for his church. The word of God clearly indicates that it will take five operational governmental ministries in the church to accomplish this. This is the reason why we don't see the church functioning in kingdom authority and dominion, the way it's supposed to because first of all there's still religious spirits even amongst the apostolic and prophetic ministry even amongst the apostolic churches there are still people who carry um a spirit of tradition um a spirit of the old day and until we learn to embrace all of the fivefold ministry gifts the church will never grow into a place of perfection but thank god he does have a remnant he does have a remnant of people who are willing to embrace all of the fivefold ministry giftings to their full function, glory to God. The truth here is unassailable and direct. Jesus ascended into heaven and unveiled one comprehensive plan for a triumphant church the blueprint for this plan is clearly laid out five headship ministries must be in full function before the plan can come to full activation and the church becomes the church that Jesus planned and visualize it to be let me read this again the blueprint for this plan is clearly laid out five headship ministries this is powerful Five headship ministry, meaning all of the five-fold ministry giftings are headship ministries that must be in full function before the plan of God can come to full activation and the church becomes the church that Jesus planned and visualized it to be. The five headship ministries of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher represent the full ministry of Jesus Christ in his church. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our profession. He is the prophet sent from God, the messenger of the Father, with the good news of the kingdom, the the good shepherd of the sheep, and the great rabbi or teacher of the truth of god to deny the function of any of the five governmental ministries in the church is to deny and limit the ministry of jesus christ and his body the church all of the five offices are vitally important to the body as each ministers a different dimension of jesus christ and all are inter interdependent for working together they release the full co- cohesive. Co- they release the full coherent ministry of Jesus Christ to His church. None dominates the other. All are necessary. All are equal in value before God, but different in function in the church. None of these ministers can see themselves as having fully succeeded and being totally viable until they are suppo- supported, com- complemented, undergirded and amplified by the operation of the others. For the full revelation of Jesus to be clearly seen in the church, all five ministries must be functioning in maturity, wisdom, and with blazing strength. Glory to God. The gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet, we will, when the term prophetic ministry has been used, we have really been referring to two levels of prophetic activity one is the gift of prophecy we see in 1 corinthians chapter 12 verse 10 and then the other is the office of the prophet ephesians 4:11. there are several important differences in operation level and authority of anointing between the gift and the office first corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 says the gift is given by the holy spirit to selected saints of God according to the will of the Spirit himself. Ephesians 4 the says the office ministry of the prophet is set in the church by Jesus Christ in his ascended position of authority as the head of his church. The gift is given and indicates our membership, ministry, and position in the body of Christ. For we are corporately the body of Christ and members in particular. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 27. The office ministry indicates a headship function and administrative capability and government within the Church of Jesus Christ. The gift of prophecy is given to edify the church. 1 Corinthians 14:4, four, the office. the prophet functions within the church but also extends beyond to the nations the gift of prophecy functions in the area of edification exhortation and comfort we see this in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 the office of the prophet functions in these three areas but extends beyond that to areas of direction conferral, activation of gifts, correction, judgment, and confirmation and equipping. Father God, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to impart understanding of the ministry of the church, the ministry of the church prophet. We pray, oh Father God, that as we study this and we understand that we will get revelation And that we will get revelation in such a way that we will embrace the church prophets. And that we will be able to receive the word of God from the mouth of God through the mouth of the prophets. Father God, we ask that this word would be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That it would not return void, but it will accomplish everything it is set forth to do. We thank you, Lord God, and we decree and declare that our listeners will receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding when it comes to understanding the ministry of the church prophet. Thank you once again for listening to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We thank you so much for listening and we look forward to being with you again soon. God bless and keep you in Jesus name. Amen.